Hey guys, welcome to Athena's Might. I'm your host, Pauline, and this podcast centers around the benefits of strength training for women, female health issues, as well as how lifting benefits women's health in general. Throughout the show, I'll be bringing members from the Lady Lifters, the UNCC female weightlifting team slash club, and we'll be talking about their experiences about how weightlifting has benefited them physically, mentally, and emotionally. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Hey guys, welcome back to Athena's Might. This is episode 17. I am your show host, Pauline Oliera. I have some big news for the podcast and for all you listeners out there. This will be the last and final episode of Athena's Might. Yes, everybody, you've heard it. I will cease speaking into a mic all by myself for an hour and <laughs> hope that it reaches one person or two people. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to downplay myself. But it is true. This will be my final and last episode for this whole entire series. I'm really happy and I'm elated to have been a podcast show host and to garner that experience and just to do something different in college because I honestly believe it's a prime time to try a lot of things in college when you're not at the mercy <laughs> of your parents' supervision. No, I'm just kidding. But this is the last episode and I have a lot of feelings about it and I wanted to end off the series on a note where it's uplifting and it's empowering. I wanted to address something that I struggled with in making this podcast was that I really at first wanted to start with getting girls in the gym as a means of, you know, persuasive rhetoric, but it slowly started from that and then deviated into talking about just encouraging women and especially talking about female health and wellness. And honest to God, I was really scared about that because I thought that, hey, I think, you know, I was doing myself a disservice by, by not sticking to my core principle or my core vision, as one may refer it. And I think it's really silly because I was really punishing myself in a way and thinking that I didn't have enough good content to talk about but there's only so much you can talk about with like being in the gym as a woman specifically in my opinion and I felt that it was really helpful to just deviate and delve into a lot of topics that women in my life and other people's lives have struggled with especially within the lens of like a feminist or feminine um, perspective and I really want to thank everybody that's taking their time out to support me, to help share this story and to just let other people know that I'm doing this because I've always wanted to make a creative mark on the world and publish creative content. And this was my first step now that I'm thinking about it because eventually I do want to get into drawing manga and publishing short stories and stuff. But this is really way out of my comfort zone and right now I'm speaking more as the creative person, the creative as you may, and not just a host. But I do want to let you guys in on, on my reflections. And I will be honest with you, keeping up with this show was really difficult for me. I had a lot of things happen and I'm not going to bog everybody down with the details, but just general life stuff happened. I realized that I can always try new things and not be necessarily good at them. And I realized that this is a very good example, which 
And by this, I mean I'm referring to the project. I don't necessarily believe I'm the best host, but I am really happy that I gave it a try and did something completely new and learned really cool set of skills and a new cool sound editing program and made some really great connections. And I'm very happy that people were willing to work with me, even though I was just here, there, and everywhere. Shout out to the Uptown Audio Network team. You guys are amazing. I want to thank everybody else, though, because I am just very happy that I actually got to doing this because I know that for a lot of people, this is very hard to talk about, especially medical stuff or health and wellness because everybody has different ways of interpreting it. But I definitely felt that in my so far a year or two at UNC Charlotte, I've noticed a lot of stuff, especially with myself as a woman coming in her own fruition, her own womanhood, that I felt, you know, I would want to share with a lot of people, especially young girls or young women, and hopefully make them feel that they're not alone. So with that out of the way, I want to talk about this topic that I feel would end this podcast off on a good note, which is essentially women's intrinsic value and worth as just being a person as being a woman identifying as a woman in the society and I always want to disclaim that this podcast is not meant to attack men or promote misandrous views I'm simply just trying to talk about experiences that are very unique to women and that men may not understand, but in hopes that you are a man, you're listening to this podcast, you may understand and you may be able to relate to women and femininity and all the other issues and, you know, plights or challenges as well as victories and accomplishments we all have. And I want to start off with, I got into this topic because there's this YouTube channel I've been watching called Manifest Stell, M-A-N-I-F-E-S-T-E-L-L-E. She makes content promoting a lot of feminine rhetoric and talking about a lot of um, societal issues regarding dating with women or financial risks and whatnot. And it's more on the social commentary side per se, but a lot of her key points, especially this one video about knowing one's self-worth and value as a woman and quote-unquote what you in a way bring to the table or how you bring your value out onto other people in your life it really resonated with me because I've been on this journey of you know trying to find different ways of how other women have struggled with health issues pertaining to us or starting out in a very highly masculine space such as weightlifting or powerlifting and how they maintain them their sense of self and security Even though for a lot of women like me, I felt threatened that people would look at me like a weak little girl in the gym, which is really insane to think about, but it's true. And I felt really inspired by not only this video, but all the experiences of the people I've talked to and the stuff I've researched and not even just stuff that pertains specifically to women, like learning how to eat better. And I learned that you know, there's certain foods that may be better for like my hormones and whatnot. And just learning how to take care of yourself and putting yourself first is something I definitely learned in this podcast and on this journey. And with the topic of intrinsic self-worth for women, I want to possibly just say that 
this is a very subjective topic to everybody. It's going to be different, you know, your self-worth. I'm not trying to say it's monetary or whatnot, but I do really want to talk about this and on a baseline basis, <laughs> baseline basis, on <laughs> a common ground, for lack of a better word. But I really feel that this would be the best episode to end everything with because at the end of the day, this podcast was built to inspire and empower women to become better versions of themselves, to take risks like what I did, making a, po- a podcast about things that I'm not very familiar with, but I still did, or going to the gym or fostering connections. And I really have enjoyed that aspect and just having this platform to share. So I took some notes, so you're going to hear my cute little notebook flipping here and there that I feel is very much so relevant to this topic. So at first, I want to say that there's a lot of great sources out there, and this source in particular, this website called the Women's Confidence Report in 2021, this big website's really pretty, very visual. It was the largest global study into or about women's confidence and there were some really cool key takeaways that I found in this website and I found that confidence is relational so your confidence how you perceive yourself is also very highly dependent on the relationships and the networks that you have in your life and they come from 14 different sources but they're broken down into these things called the four registers so basically these four registers are called the mythical register the interior register let me flip the page Ooh, normative register and the established register so essentially i like to think about it like these are all four layers to what helps a person's confidence especially for women and i wrote down some key ideas that made up the register so for the mythical register you have representations collective narratives and A lot of these is very, like, it's very much so reliant on a person's reality. So it's talking about maybe narratives that a lot of women have seen. So, for example, being a mother or being a bride or being a caretaker, being a boss lady or whatnot. And these are used to guide women to whichever action they feel is necessary that will complete their life. The second one is the interior register. It's basically the aspect of a woman's past baggage or beliefs that legitimize one's identity. So anything from trauma to your accomplishments to maybe your family history, stuff like that, that makes you feel that your identity is valid and is cemented into the world. Our third register is a normative register, which basically states that all implicit or explicit norms or rules that a person acknowledges or lives by and for me i think of stuff like hey women don't go out at night you know don't go out by themselves and whatnot and how that affects a woman's perception of maybe her safety and whatnot the fourth and last register is the established register, which essentially just states all stable elements of a person's life that they believe cannot or will not change. So examples of these could be routines or even certainties. So for me, my example is that I am certain that I will always love weightlifting. 
I am certain that I will always love chicken and I will always cook chicken. And it's stuff like that that I thought was really interesting because when you break down the core idea of self-confidence or inherent worth slash um, inherent value into these layers of what helps constitute it, I think it's very, very, very manageable and helpful because we can see visually, and even it shows on the website, you can see visually that if you're lacking in one thing or if you're struggling in one thing, it'll affect other things and whatnot. I believe that this was really cool to look at too because it was so pretty to look at. I know this is so silly, but it's really cute and kind of cartoony. But it did show this really important segment of the the whole entire website, which was the key learnings. So the key learnings is basically this small row that showed like each important pivotal point of the um, the registers. So for that, I did take notes of the essential key learnings and I will be reading them out to you. So number one is that confidence is relational and you can't necessarily increase it inherently on your own. So like what I said later, you can't really feel confident in yourself if you have other people that shit on you or, you know, that bring you down. If you have a mother that treated you poorly when you were younger, you're going to believe that people ought to treat you poorly because that was the relationship you had with another person. Second is confidence comes from these 14 different sources. And the 14 different sources are basically the underlying aspects within the registers. So for the mythical register, I just wrote down representations and collective narratives. For the interior register, let me flip it over here. There's improving intuition, resilience, intellect, vocation. For the normative register, I wrote down resemblance, support system, and appearance. For the fourth register, I wrote down, like what I said, routine and certainties. So I also wanted to add in some sources that I forgot. No, not necessarily forgot, but I just can barely read out in my handwriting. In the mythical register, there was also womanhood, utopia, spirituality, and transgression. So stories of discourse and conflicts within oneself or within yourself. And I thought that this was really cool because there's definitely a lot of narratives that make me feel to th- make me feel or even think, hey, I want to be like this type of woman. You know, I want to be a boss lady. I want to be a very caring mother. I want to be the cool grandma who's still lifting at like 90 years old. That's just me. <laughs> so Back to the key learnings. The third point that I wrote down is that global women's confidence is pretty low. I thought that was really crazy to think with a lot of strives and a lot of push for equality. But that's also a very American-centric viewpoint for me because I'd like to think that a lot of opportunities are available to both men and women. But from my understanding and written notes of the website, it's essentially stating that there's a multitude of socioeconomic and issues regarding the place of feminism and perceptions of self-confidence amongst women that contribute to low confidence for women on a global scale. And last but not least, I found out that the way to develop confidence is kind of the same thing everywhere and by that i mean finding a great support network finding 
and finding ho- hobbies that make you feel happy, you know? And I really liked that because it's not to say that you can't be confident if you want to try out this influencer's method, but if you do, you may not feel like it, but if you want to do influencer's B's method, you can feel more confident. So it felt that it's more versatile in how you want to develop it. And I wrote down that the methodology, so for anybody that is a bit skeptical of the research, I wrote down that there are 1,000, or excuse me, sorry, I can't even read my own handwriting. There's 11,000 online survey respondents, 152 interviewees, 176 in-person respondents, 12 academic experts. So these 12 academic experts helped women or were specifically women that directly or indirectly studied or published women's research on self-confidence and they provided reference material as well as scientific perspective. You had 24 experts, women who are well-versed on the subject of self-confidence. We had 12 great witnesses, basically women with professional or personal achievements that contributed to studies of expression against um, adversity or institutionalized misogyny that could affect a woman's self-confidence. And I really like it because not only do I feel bad that I was reading out to you guys a lot of verbatim, but it goes to show just how impactful women's confidence is in a global scale to the fact that you have different sources saying, hey, this is our research, this is really important. And by doing this, by even the ability to have this website in my hands and seeing it, I just thought of how important it is that I'm happy. And I know that sounds silly, but I feel that in, especially in American society or Western society, women tend to bear a lot of weight in performing emotional labor, performing managerial tasks, maybe having to clean up after everybody, maybe having to keep everybody in line. If you're like the elder daughter of a family, maybe you eventually become the micro parent you know there's a lot of emotional labor that women go through that I think the reason why is contributing to our low self-confidence is the fact that we've been taught from a young age to just not in a way suck it up but to be put these not even put but to be given these responsibilities and say that hey you grow faster than the average boy when you're a preteen you should handle this and you should handle that your body's going to go through all these changes you know if you're gonna if if your body's going to change then you might as well change too you might as well grow up faster than other people and I really feel that with this journey of interviewing multiple women dealing with their issues I just saw this core theme of a lot of accountability and responsibility that I felt was thrust upon women that For my sister, for example, she had to bear the brunt of not knowing what was causing her pain. And when she found I was endometriosis, she had to find it out herself. And I don't say that she had nobody to help her, but for a lot, for a lot of the time when I was growing up and seeing her go through it, she was bearing the brunt of just not knowing what her body was doing. And that's a lot of labor to go and research to talk to a lot of medical professionals which is something I'm doing too with my fainting episodes and it sucks for my best friend Catherine she has an eating disorder that is also laborious and having to maintain and make sure that she's healthy she's working out for a lot of other girls that I've talked to it's just 
looking into yourself and realizing what could be better. And I feel that a lot of the accountability is from the responsibility of just knowing that, hey, I have to do this, you know. And for some people, you may not agree, and that's okay. But I have witnessed that, and I've experienced and seen my other girlfriends go through it. And I really feel that this website existing is great because it just shows on how important it is that we acknowledge our labor and the fact that it can make us feel very low in self-esteem. So I remember when my sister was going through her research, her thorough research of endometriosis, she felt really shaken, for lack of a better word. She was devastated. She, she didn't know herself. She was like losing her body. It was as if something else was controlling her body for Catherine to find out that she had her eating disorder. She felt like what I said, she was losing control. And both of these women are very dear to me. And to see them going through that was really difficult. And it's not to say I've never went through any of these things too. I personally have, yes. With my battle with depression, I feel that I am just kind of a body. And I know that sounds really really devastating but I do feel that I'm just a body that has these thoughts and it's very laborious to just chuggle chuggle to chuggle through (laughs) and just say like hey these aren't my thoughts and that's work as it is and I think it's about time we need to acknowledge that on a societal scale though with all the women in my life and my life I have seen so many women just put in positions where you had to take care of other people but not themselves. And I think this is the core theme that I really want to vouch in this episode is I'm I'm bringing facts about why women feel so down and so insecure on a global scale. And I feel that with a lot of responsibilities put on us to take care of other people, which is a very, very, very common thing for women to go through. I just want to say that this whole theme of this episode is to not forget about yourself. You need to put yourself first And that is an additional reason that I figured out why I wanted to put or not even put or make this podcast is because I've struggled for a long time of just putting other people before me, not knowing how to say no. And in weightlifting, I found that I'm strong enough to say no, to take care of myself, to say, hey, I don't want to do this. I have to go to the gym or something and putting myself first. And that's why I really feel that it's important for a lot of women to acknowledge like, hey, you need to be able to take care of yourself and look at yourself with self-compassion. You know, I feel that it's essential nowadays because the fact that globally women just feel like crap is astonishing and it's terrible. I really wished otherwise, but I can't, you know, be God and play favorites essentially not even play favorites I'm just kidding but I'm just saying you need to look out for yourself and to prove you know how much more intense it can be to struggle with self-esteem as a woman and how detrimental it is if you don't take care of yourself I have one more article that I would love to cite from this website called Amen Clinics and basically it is an article on why women are more prone to suffer from low self-esteem and you can always google it the name of the organization is called amen clinics and essentially it's basically stating that we want to know why um women have such low self-esteem 
And this article was published on October 26, 2022. A lot of this goes into biological factors, which is what I like too. It's not all about societal commentary, but I like the fact that it explained how parts of the brain for a woman can affect social perceptions of her confidence. And to read some of it, I want to highlight the fact that that female brains differ in small, significant ways from male brains. And this could also lead into why we have very low perceptions of self-esteem amongst young women. So I'm reading this out, by the way. So first, let's define self-esteem. So according to the article, self-esteem is essentially self-respect, confidence in one's own worth or abilities. And I wanted to highlight the fact that this article states that there's a lot of perceptions or outsider perceptions as to why women also have low self-worth. Number one is that there's negative bias towards the female brain. So to delve into more of the female brain, I wanted to write down the fact that there's a larger volume in the frontal and limbic cortices. So we have the prefrontal cortex, which helps with developing higher cognitive functions, such as learning languages, learning judgments, controlling impulses, and developing conscientiousness. The limbic system, on the other hand, is responsible for emotional responses. With this in mind, experts tend to believe that this is why women often become less impulsive compared to men and are more concerned with emotion. And to add on top of that, this could explain why women tend to be more collaborative, intuitive, and empathetic. However, this does contribute to an abundance of stress and worries in women's minds, leading to a lot of automatic negative self-talk or just really bad um, self-esteem as well. And to get more onto the societal part is that with this in mind, with the fact that a lot of thoughts are just spiraling out of control in a woman's brain, we also see the fact that young women tend to face issues about what others think of them or comparisons of them towards Cameron Diaz and the whole nine yards. It's just ridiculous. Number two, the second factor contributing to low self-worth in women is social media slash body image. I feel that this is pretty self-explanatory, especially in our digital age. There's a lot of fitness influencers, you know, really good-looking models that blew up on TikTok. And then there's other women that feel like, hey, why couldn't I have been as pretty as her? And it's just, it's just terrible. And the fact that social media is so rampant and just aggressively fast, you inherently compare yourself way faster than you would have back then. Last but not least is trauma. So this encompasses life-threatening events, sexual abuse, or emotional trauma, such as generational trauma. I wanted to say that a lot of people think that trauma is only particular to a set of people when it's not. I wanted to say that trauma does not discriminate. It can affect you, your loved ones, or anything. So I just want to put this out there, right? And why am I talking about this? Well, most importantly, I just feel that it's really important to develop a sense of care and self-compassion for ourselves. And especially for women, because like what I said, a lot of the labor of working for other people, taking care of them, and then you kind of forget to take care of yourself. It's a very feminine 
issue. It's a, I like to think of it as a feminine dilemma or the dilemma, the dilemma of the feminine society <laughs> to sound smart. But I definitely wanted to say that it's really important. And having gone through this journey again of just talking with other people and learning Muay Thai and putting myself first and learning how to eat better, learning how to cook. It really taught me to think that, hey, I'm very important. I'm valuable. And because I'm valuable, other people are valuable too. And oh my gosh, that sounds really narcissistic. <laughs> so sorry. But you know what I'm saying, that the fact that you exist is as a mere spectacle, you know, and you happen to be a woman and you will go through these changes. You will go through the trials and tribulations of people putting their expectations on you, responsibilities that they themselves must attend to and place it on you. And it's just difficult. But that doesn't mean you're not worth anything. It doesn't mean that your identity is just to be a caretaker, a mother, a boss lady, a manager, or a janitor, whoever or whatever you are. Your identity is not simply a binary that is comprised of what your role in society is. It's whatever you want to make it or make yourself out to be. However you feel that is best with your character, your values, your morals, your principles, that is who you are. And I really want a lot of women to say that because I've been going through my own issue with comparing myself and just kind of labeling myself as, oh, well, I'm that girl or I'm one of the girls that lift weights when that's not necessarily who I entirely am. I'm more than that, you know. And I started having this mindset because I found a place in the gym and just the the fact that I've been working out for a long time, not even a long time, for me, it's a long time. It's only been only over two years. Developing this consistent need to just go through life and to achieve and to practice a healthier lifestyle helped me see that women are struggling and a lot of the people in my life have struggled. And I really want to reach out to them and primarily to help them in a way, encourage them to develop better perceptions of yourselves and to look at yourselves in a way that their struggles are valuable to helping them grow and they are valid as well. And I wanted to say that I tend to ramble or whatnot, but I really want to hone this message in. You are valuable to the person listening to this, to the woman on the other side of the screen or who got me on the AirPods, to the man that just wants to know what's going on in a woman's world. Thank you. I want to say that you are valuable and that I wanted to leave this message off with giving you all these resources to say that, hey, a lot of women are feeling down. What can you do to change that? What can you do to look at yourself in the mirror and feel beautiful and to look at yourself and appreciate yourself and develop that self-compassion, you know, to find yourself in the gym, to challenge yourself, to eat better, eat right, and just to look at yourself and say that you're worthy and you have value just by existing. And I know I really wanted to develop more on this project, but I do feel that I done what I could with this project and I'm really happy with the message I placed upon other people to say that hey this is for f women but men are more than happy to listen to it too I'm not going to discriminate I think it's really important that both men and women understand and try to learn with and from each other and I hope that this message this podcast has been helpful to many people or maybe it's entertaining I'm not too sure but then again who knows? Somebody could just really like the sound of my voice. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. But I really wanted to end off this episode, this entire series with a thank you and a reminder that you are valuable, you are loved, but all the struggles that you face, they are your responsibility. You must take accountability for your actions and to the lifestyle that you want to have, whether it be working out six times a week or swimming at the pool twice a week, whatever lifestyle you want, you must take accountability for a better you and know that you must set standards for yourself so that others can follow through with them. And most importantly, develop a really amazing support network of friends and family, of mentors especially. A lot of the women in my life have been integral because most of them were mentors and I looked to them and I said, hey, I just need advice or insight. I need approaches or different ways to look at this. And they, you know, lend a helping hand to help me and to support me, most importantly. And I really want a lot of you guys to think about that. I need for I need all you girlies out there to find that club. That's why the lady lifters existed. Right. And (laughs) not even existed. That's the reason why we've been built you know I found that I've been able to have this space to just work out with other women and to feel comfortable in my skin and I really vouch for that this is just this is just a plug for the club not gonna lie (laughs) this segment this part right here go join the lady lifters I'm I know I'm the social media lady that's promoting them you know behind the screens but I genuinely feel that a lot of women would feel very comfortable and bettering themselves with other women, helping them and coaching them and being a mentor or a support. I feel that. I feel that so intensely. And so with that in mind, it doesn't even have to be about on-campus relations or whatnot. But in the grand scheme of things, ladies, my, my fellow girly girls, Please make sure that the people around you want the best for you. Make sure that the people around you love you for who you are and they can help inspire you to love parts of yourself that you didn't even know that you loved, that you hated and despised. That's the best type of love, in my opinion, that anybody could ever receive. Know that your value doesn't stop at how much you make. It doesn't stop at the title on your diploma or your degree or the plaque on your wall it starts with how you act towards yourself and how you act towards other people and how you treat yourself so i know that got a bit preachy towards the end but i wanted to say for the last time thank you so much for listening and for following me on this journey and i wish you all the best in your life the best endeavors and I hope that you make the changes that you wish to see to become a better person each day. And you don't have to make a total 180 for a change. You can do it bit by bit, or you can be 1% better than you were yesterday. With that being said, thank you so much. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great one. See ya.